Hello, 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 Jordan Sheridan live. Status coup with Zena Day. It is Tuesday, February 14th. Zena's wearing her uh, red for love on Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, you know, this day is about love, but there's just a lot of things not to love in this multi-trillion dollar corporate conglomerate we call the United Corporations of America, where uh, people are poisoned and the government lies to the people. And we have a, I, I actually rarely get excited for a show, but I'm kind of giddy because I interviewed Erin Brockovich and she was getting me going in this interview. She was, she was yelling in this interview we're going to air. Uh, she was pissed off and fed up uh, and you could feel it. So uh, we're going to have her uh, in a few minutes on the East Palestine, Ohio train explosion. Uh, the complete lack of transparency coming from the government uh, on all levels. Uh, the overall water crisis in, in America. Uh, we also have an interview. We have several interviews. We can't air them all today, but we have an interview with a mother uh, from uh lives about a mile away from where the train exploded in East Palestine and her son in the middle of the night before the control burn of the rails. So this was right after the fire. Uh, her son started violently shaking, projectile vomiting uh, just from the fire. So we're going to have an interview with her. Really emotional interview. Uh, but frankly, I think what you're going to see here. I don't see it anywhere else. I don't really see a ton of interviews with residents affected. Um, and Aaron Brockovich is obviously uh, a legend. So I'm looking forward to all of that. Uh, if you missed it yesterday, uh, we aired an interview with um, a Fox keeper who uh, lives near the uh, blast site of the train explosion, who has a farm with foxes, coyotes, and sadly, one of his foxes has died as a result of this train explosion. Others are sick. Uh, and he was describing essentially they, they seem lost cognitively where uh, they are delayed in responding, not acting like themselves. Uh, so that, those are coyotes and foxes. We've also seen pictures and videos of rows and rows of fish dying. Uh, the water, uh, the Ohio River serves millions of people. Um, not just in this area, but downstream. Obviously, this blast is not just affecting Ohio. It, uh, East Palestine is on the border of Ohio and Pennsylvania. So uh, it is affecting the western part of Pennsylvania, too, in addition to west of uh, East Palestine, Ohio. And, um, yeah, there's been some debate online, Zaina. I don't know if I'm in the twilight zone. Some people got um, – some people <laughs> – got pissed that I said, oh, you know, where's the media acting like the media has been covering this? I don't know. I, I have CNN on, MSNBC on during the day, so you don't have to watch it uh, just to hear kind of what the corporate media is covering and not covering. I've barely seen this. It's all about the spy balloon uh, and balloons in the air. I saw last night on CNN them uh, very, very, uh, very, very in depth on the 2024 GOP primary. Uh, yep. Ra Rachel Maddow was uh, fixated on tr Trump 
investigation in Georgia into the 2020 election. I saw nothing about this. Uh, I've seen a couple written articles uh, at various outlets, but I don't know, for a fucking chemical mushroom cloud over the heartland, you would think that there'd be a little bit more coverage. It's print and independent media. You know, as usual, we're not, we're not, it's almost crickets from, uh, from the, from the mainstream media. I saw, um, which we'll talk about this in a minute, but, uh, JD Vance was actually on, uh, Tucker Carlson talking about this, but unfortunately most of what they centered on were not necessarily the people there, but how woke identity politics has gotten us to this point, apparently. So even the really, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know that are. I didn't know critical race theory uh, caused the train crash. Apparently. So uh, we're not we're not hearing from the residents. You know, Jordan's spoken to residents. I've spoken to two um, this week. We're trying to get their stories and they're talking about, you know, in their next doors and their Facebook groups. You know, they're showing pictures of dead chickens. Their their pets are dying. Um and no one knows what the long-term effects are going to be. And the railroad company, the railroad company is essentially investigating itself. It's testing, you know, the waters themselves, the air. Um, and they're barely, because the people there in East Palestine are struggling, you know, it's a poor community. So uh, they're basically handing them breadcrumbs to deal with this. And even with that, they're latent and not helping. And there's not only crickets from the media, but crickets from our representatives. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to air the Aaron Brockovich interview in a few minutes, but we wanted to start with the latest news. Uh, the governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, he's a Republican. And smash that like button, share this live stream. Like I said, uh, we're going to have... Aaron Brockovich on in a few minutes and then an interview with a affected mother. Definitely trigger warning. Bring your tissues for that one. Um, but Mike DeWine is the Republican governor of Ohio. He's kind of considered one of your sane, you know, not a MAGA Republican. Uh, but from what I could tell, he's done very little uh, in response to this. What we're going to learn uh, in the interview with the mother is Mike DeWine was on the ground in East Palestine. Uh, before the control burn, but as soon as they did the control release, uh, control explosion, the governor lickety split, got the hell out of town. Go figure. Uh, so the residents couldn't do that, but the governor left when they did a self, whatever they're calling it, control explosion. Uh, but Colin, let's first play the clip. Sorry if it's out of order, but let's play the clip. Um, hold on. The reporter asking, if you lived in the area, would you feel comfortable moving back into your home? Governor, if you were to live in the area, would you feel comfortable moving back into your home? Look, look, I, I think that I would be drinking the bottled water um, and I would be continuing to uh, um, find out what the tests were showing as far as the air. Um, I would be alert and and concerned, but uh, I think I would probably be back in my house. Wait and find out. Wait and see. Just listen. Just let's find out what they say about the air. Drink the bottled water, you know, but go ahead and take showers, take baths, do all the other things you need to do and just wait to see what they say about the air. What? 
Colin, can we play that again? I just want to make sure I did not mishear what this little ant just said. If you were to live in the area, would you feel comfortable moving back into your home? Look, look, I, I think that I would be drinking the bottled water um, and I would be continuing to uh, um, find out what the tests were showing as far as the air. Um, I would be alert and and concerned, but uh, I think I would probably be back in my house. I think I'd probably be back in my house. I'd be concerned. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So let's get this straight. They exploded a train with highly volatile organic compounds, VOCs, um, vinyl chloride, which is linked to liver cancer, among other things. Uh, there's also a whole lot of other things. I'm going to mispronounce some of them other than vinyl chloride. You got butyl acylate, eth uh, ethylene, glycol, monobutyl ether, uh, ethyl hexyl acylate isobutylene, uh, non-hazardous lube oil, which it might sound fine, non-hazardous, but up to 30,000 gallons in the air is not exactly healthy for the air. Obviously, the petroleum oil that's uh, spilled, uh, we don't know how much of that was burned. Uh, for petroleum oil, one gallon of petroleum oil can pollute up to one million gallons of water. But the Ohio governor basically says, well, you know, it's really the eye of the beholder. You know, I'd be concerned, but what you going to do? You know, wait for the testing, but go home. I mean, it's crazy. And let me tell you something. If this happened in, let me think of a realistic scenario. There's no trains really going, you know, rail trains going through New York City. If this happened going through uh, San Francisco, L.A., you know, a, a reasonably uh, uh, coastal community with wealthy people or a suburb because East Palestine is a pretty poor area. First of all, they would have evacuated the whole goddamn town of 5,000 people. They would have put them up in a hotel indefinitely. Uh, they would have come up with alternative schooling if need be, if they needed to shut down the school, uh, an alternative location for the schools. Uh, and they would have had pretty much you know, VIP courier service for the residents, delivering what, them what they need. And that's part of what Aaron Brockovich and I talked about, which we're going to air that in a minute. But I'm just, I mean, I'm not, it's not all Mike DeWine's fault. He's not in charge of the railroad system in this country. He's not the president who blocked a rail strike. Uh, remember, President Biden and the Democrats blocked rail workers from going on strike a few months ago. Part of what they wanted to go on strike was about the unsafe conditions the on these trains, including the chemicals they're carrying. But And that the amount of cars that are on the railroad at any given time is dangerous. It makes it dangerous for switching as they move from track to track. It makes it dangerous because if there's one not in that chain um it it can cause the entire chain to collapse and that's what we're seeing um across the country there was another deal derailment i believe it was in texas day before yesterday right. um i just found out about that five minutes ago before hopping on the show so i don't have any details but apparently this is extremely common even with chemicals 
It's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. They should be providing bottled water for all residents. They're not doing that right now. Bottled water, I could tell you from my experience in Flint, it's not exactly cheap on top of, you know, high gas prices, high grocery prices, high healthcare costs, trying to make the rent, then having to go buy stacks and stacks of bottled water. They should be providing it or the company should be providing it at the very least. Uh, and honestly, for the time being, until independent testing, Aaron Brockovich and I will talk about this too. I'm sorry. I don't fucking trust the EPA. I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. Based, go ask the people of Flint, Michigan and other places how much they trust EPA and state-funded testing. The EPA, even before Trump, largely exists to protect industry, not the environment, just like the CDC, as we've seen during COVID. I call it the Capitalist Defense Center. Largely exists to protect business. So... We need independent testing, not the EPA, and certainly not Norfolk Southern. This is like the police investigating themselves. We're going to rely on the rail company to do air testing or soil testing, which, by the way, the EPA says they've tested 281 homes so far, and they have detected no, no vinyl chloride or anything in the air. Aaron Brockovich coming up in, in a few minutes. We'll tell you about that. So Keep those... Um, oh, go ahead. Jordan, really quick. I just looked it up just because I said this, this literally just came across my desk. This article just came out 45 minutes ago. There's an investigation into a derailment that took place yesterday in South Carolina, um, which CSX is responsible for. There was another Houston area crash between a truck and a Union Pacific train. It derailed 20 um, 20 cars, some of which may have toxic chemicals as well. So this is, you know, that's two stories across the desk in a matter of what, less than 48 hours of other derailments that are happening across the country. It's unbelievable. Um, let's play the first clip, Colin, on the live stream, Doc. This is about uh, Governor Mike DeWine is asked about uh, his communication with President Biden. To get over there. Um, Senator Vance is on Fox News, critical of the Biden administration. Even some Democrats have been critical of the Biden administration response. Are you satisfied with the Biden administration response? And was, is there anything you'd like to see more out of uh, the administration as far as health like this? Look, um, our Ohio EPA works with the U.S. EPA. Uh, these are the principal people involved. Um, the federal government is conducting an investigation to determine why uh, this wreck occurred, this crash occurred. We await that uh, and certainly will be interested in seeing what was going on. Uh, you know, look, the president called me and said, anything you need, uh, I have not called him back uh, after that after that conversation. We, I will not hesitate to do that if, we, if we're seeing a problem or, or anything, but I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I'll call him back if I see a problem. No problem. The dead fishes, the dead foxes, the dead coyotes, uh, the visuals of soot 70 miles away that I just saw on cars, 70 miles away from where the train explosion was. The residents who we're going to show you an interview with the mother coming up, residents who are getting dizzy 
residents today who went back that have rashes? If I see a problem, what fucking world is this guy living in? And by the way, just so people understand, because you might not understand the particulars, there's two types of uh, there's two types of requests. There is a federal emergency request, uh, and there is a federal disaster declaration. In Flint, Obama declared it an emergency that provides a certain level of federal support. A federal disaster declaration brings in the cavalry. The Army Corps of Engineers, FEMA, you name it. They did not, Obama, in addition to drinking a fake uh, glass of Flint water, which wasn't actually Flint water, but that's besides the point, uh, he did not issue a declaration of disaster, which deprived Flint of the cavalry. Uh, Army Corps, if the Army Corps would have came in, they would have dug up the pipes in a few weeks. It's now nearly nine years later they haven't fixed all the pipes. So this governor who is claiming if I see a problem, well, maybe you need to go sleep in people's houses so you could be there 24 seven. That's what a leader does. Uh, he says, I'll, I'll reach out to the president if I see a problem. He must be blind. I can't necessarily blame Biden because technically he has to have a request from the governor to do anything. I will blame him. A governor, wouldn't you ask for any kind of help you could get for your state? any kind of help you could get come in bring some testing send the e send the epa in um let's let's do an independent investigation in tandem with the investigations that norfolk southern is doing on themselves as a governor wouldn't that be the bare minimum to ask if, if a president asks you you say yes come help us i mean it's insane it's absolutely insane uh, you ha you have to think there's only two options. Well, maybe three. Number one, what we always what always happens in these situations, they're trying to sweep it under the rug. They're trying to make it basically to a psychops and make it seem like, oh no, we escaped we escaped uh, the big one here. Uh, there's no you know we're not detecting uh, vinyl chloride or other contaminants in the air. The soil's fine. The water's fine. Uh, so that they don't have to do heavy remediation. They don't have to evacuate. They don't have to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to fix the problem. That's the first option. The second option is political. This guy wants to run for higher office and he doesn't want to be seen working with Biden. Because you remember back in the day, besides being a fucking, you know, oaf, uh, Chris Christie got a lot of shit for like meeting uh, Obama on the tarmac during Hurricane Sandy and appearing to work with Obama. Uh, I don't know which it is, but what I can tell you, either this governor is an idiot or he's not talking to the residents and he's not on the ground uh, listening to the residents. Because I've spoken with four or five residents in the last 24, 48 hours, and there's serious health symptoms in humans, in animals, um, rashes, uh, people are dizzy, uh, vomiting, uh, burning eyes. This is just a few people I've spoken with. Not so. to mention losing their jobs because, you know, I, the uh, a woman that I spoke to today, you know, lost her job. She said folks around her are losing their jobs. There's people that don't have places to stay because it's still unsafe in their homes. Um, Norfolk Southern changed the rules for them to receive their, their temporary residency checks. 
they they are now saying you you need to bring your social security card, which we, they didn't tell folks when they evacuated. So they're sending people away at the door. So people also not only are getting the immediate health impacts, the long term health impacts, but they're also displaced and they don't have the necessities. You know, there's there's people with babies that don't can't get back to their homes to get the things that they need for their children. So that's another layer of what's happening um, with zero assistance on the ground for these people. It's just insane. Uh, let's play one more clip from DeWine um, on the uh, the third clip, Con. You've said that you fully expect Norfolk Southern to pay all the costs. You said you've gotten a commitment from them that they are going to stay on site till everything's cleaned up. Are you confident that they are going to pay all those costs? And there are uh, reports of people having trouble even cashing these convenience, uh, inconvenience checks. What do you tell those folks? Well, look, uh, Norfolk Southern, Southern is responsible for this problem. Uh, we fully expect them uh, to live up to what the CEO committed to me, and that is that they will pay for everything. Uh, if they don't, we've got an attorney general here and that will file a lawsuit. So, look, they're responsible for this. They did it. Um, you know, uh, this is a... a, a you know, the impact on this community is huge. Um, the not just the physical uh, problem that might be caused, but uh, the, the inconvenience, uh, the, the terror, um, many, many things. So, yes, uh, you know, we've already seen lawsuits filed. I'm sure there'll be more lawsuits filed. Uh, but. You know, my ob objective is to uh, do everything we can to get this cleaned up uh, as, as quickly as quickly as we can. And I think by continuing to talk uh, and, and reveal what we're doing, what the testing is showing, uh, I hope that people will, will continue to have you know confidence in what what's going on. But um, you know, I understand people's skepticism, and I understand uh, their anger. And, if, you know, if I lived in the community, I would be angry, too. Uh, the railroad caused this problem. Uh, they're going to be held accountable. Yeah. So, first of all, on the testing, I trust Erin Brockovich more than I trust him or the EPA. Let, we'll hear from her in a few minutes on the testing because she says she doesn't trust it. As Erin Brockovich said, she does not trust the results that they're providing. So that's number one. Number two, and keep those super chats coming. We're going to read them at the end. So keep those super chats coming. We need your support. Uh, number two, I can tell you how this is going to go. You live in Appalachia. Uh, you know how this goes. There's been the Ohio River Valley catastrophe that the movie Dark Waters is about, where DuPont uh, uh, poisoned Ohio, West Virginia. That played out for 15, 20 years in court. Before people got justice, uh, justice, I mean, you can't get justice for dead relatives who died of cancer, dead animals who died from the PFAS uh, that uh, DuPont was dumping in the Ohio uh, River Valley. But that played out for 15, 20 years before, before a massive settlement. By that time, guess what? A lot of people are dead. <laughs> so that's unfortunately what's going to happen here. You know, he could say, well, we have an attorney general who's going to sue, but it's 
not going to, the relief is not going to come anytime quick for these residents, uh, most of whom are poor in East Palestine. And the other thing is, um, who's going to pay for the medical bills? Flint, it's almost a decade later. They still don't have Medicare for all. I've, I talked to residents who are literally bankrupting themselves, paying for environmental doctors because for, in that case, heavy metal poisoning and bacterial poisoning in the water, a regular internist is not going to do it. You need special environmental doctors that insurance does not cover. I talked to two, the two residents I talked to, Jordan, I, that's one very specific question I asked them. I said, are you getting medical screenings? Are there places to go to get medical screenings? Are there any clinics that have been opened up in order to screen you? No, none of that. You could go to the hospital, which, of course, if you go to the ER, what happens to your medical bills go through the roof? They skyrocket. So people may be avoiding getting assessed. Um, also complaints possibly at the hospital about how do we report this in conjunction with what is happening on the ground with Norfolk Southern. So when you have no um, federal or state guidelines in place to hold this corporation responsible, they're going to do everything they can to protect themselves. And this is essentially, you know, conservative austerity politics. When I bet you if you took a poll of the citizens of Ohio, they would say this is the damn thing we would want our taxes spent on. Help those people. They wouldn't say, oh, no, let's wait it out and make Norfolk Southern pay for it and not do anything for them. It's insane. And the fact that there's absolutely zero medical options for folks. If there is no medical screening, how do they know the medical impacts? How is Norfolk Southern making those assessments? And uh, Vanessa asks, oh, excuse me, um, Cadillac asks, uh, where are these people living right now? It's 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 split. Some are, some people went to hotels and are trying to get reimbursed from Norfolk Southern. Other people have to stay in their homes. They got work, uh, other things. And, you know, we're told it's safe to go back. And it's a it's it's a heavy lift to take your kids and animals or whatever uh, to relatives, you know, in another part of Ohio or Pennsylvania uh, or, you you know, you got to be at work early, whatever it is, it's a big lift to leave your homes, as, as everybody knows. Uh, so not everyone, you know, one person I interviewed today is in a hotel. Uh, another person I spoke with is at home. Uh, some people are kind of going back and forth um, between, you know, family and other towns and um, their homes. But I want to make one more point before we air the Aaron Brockovich interview. One of the battles with this, Zena, is going to be the exact area that is grouped within this catastrophe because Norfolk Southern I, I'm hearing they're already trying to narrow it to the affected moving their area maps around yeah they're already moving their maps around describe that so what I have been told and I'm still looking to confirm it um, but I've also seen post online the map area was larger it was about two miles and it was discovered that the school that folks were routed to during the evac evacuation was within that two miles. 
So now it's been moved moved over and narrowed where that school is outside of it. So there could be people on one side of the street that are eligible for these thousand dollar checks they're going to give per person or eligible for the evacuation zone money. And then folks literally on the other side of the street that aren't because they have such a narrow window of impacted area. I mean, just imagine it, it. It cuts off at your house and the creek is still running out behind your house. You're still breathing the same air, but you can't get a check from them in order to go stay in a hotel room, which, by the way, most of the hotel rooms are 30 to 45 minutes away in West Virginia or driving south into Kentucky. Um, folks are staying in like Lexington or Lexington, Kentucky or somewhere in West Virginia. So what, what happens is folks are driving extremely long distances to get to anywhere to stay or going, you know, toward Philly. So, um, toward Pittsburgh. So that's one of the problems that they're facing. But on top of that, when it's such a narrow area of a mile and a half to two mile radius, and you're talking about chemicals going into the air, chemicals going into the watershed, chemicals going into streams and potentially the Ohio River. That's insane. It's insane that that you, you can literally be one neighbor there on the cutoff and then the house over not be eligible for help from Norfolk Southern, which if you want to call it help, it's not for the breadcrumbs that they're even giving people to deal with this. Absolutely. And uh, let's play one more clip. This one is from uh, President Biden's uh, press secretary, Kareem John Paul, I think her name is, because, uh, again, doesn't seem like we're getting actual details, transparency. Should uh, the Obama era rail safety uh, breaking rule, the better breaking technology rule that the last administration knocked out, should that be reinstated? We're monitoring the situation. I can tell you that the president has been briefed on this uh, and uh, just don't want to get ahead of what's currently happening on the ground uh, or, you know, the reports that we're hearing. But again, I just laid out what, what, uh, what the EPA has been doing for about a week. They've been on the ground testing the air quality. Uh, they've been talking to locals uh, on the ground, trying to meet uh, their needs at the moment. I just don't want to get ahead of any specifics here because, again, we're monitoring closely. Same, same. It's like Biden DeWine with the same line, you know? Let me get, just so people understand what that's about. Um, the Lever has reported on this, David Sirota's uh, news outlet. So to Obama's credit, Obama, uh, President Obama uh, pushed a regulation that would have mandated rail companies like Norfolk Southern to update their brake system to more electric updated brakes. Because the brakes on Norfolk Southern trains and most trains in this country, including the trains that patron St. Warren Buffett own, are of the Civil War era. That's how old they are. Uh, and that's why you get a lot of derailments, because you have insufficient um, uh, trains and insufficient equipment. Meanwhile, these rail companies are giving hundreds of millions of dollars in stock buybacks. Uh, but I digress. They're making record filthy profits. But... Uh, Obama uh, pushed that regulation. When Trump came in, he repealed it. I don't know. Biden's been president for two years. I assume his regulatory agencies could have pushed that back. Uh, but we just saw that President, uh, president Biden uh, surrendered at the altar of the rail industry 
union man Joe, big labor Joe, friend of the worker Joe Biden, uh, literally blocked rail workers from going on strike at the end of last year. Uh, about as unfriendly as uh, venomous as you could be to organized labor. Uh, of course, organized labor took it. That's not not the rank and file. I'm talking about the union bosses, many of whom are corrupt and useless. Uh, but Biden could have put uh, proposed this regulation go back. Uh, if Manchin or anyone else tries to block it, go to war with them publicly. Uh, this is about the safety. This is not the only train carrying toxic chemicals across the country through communities. This is not the only train uh, car carrying oil, uh, petroleum. Uh, we need these trains to be up to date with the best brakes system and other equipment uh, that we could have. We are, trust me, the weapons we're sending to Ukraine and elsewhere are state-of-the-art brand new, most of them. But American trains, the rail companies don't want to pay to upgrade the system. And we can't in the United Corporations of America, got to show the flag, we can't in the United Corporations of America make corporate America do a goddamn thing and, and spend well, you know, a dime. That, and it's not, it was just upkeep too. And they, you know, some older equipment can last if you upkeep it properly. They never invested in the properly in the upkeep. One conductor in in this incident, for instance, when that was one of the major complaints that they had was um, not enough staff. Um, another complaint was outdated equipment. Another complaint was safety. So the workers have been ringing the bell on this, worried about communities that could be impacted if this exact thing happens. But instead of listening to the workers, you know, Biden, the majority of Congress shut shut them down. Absolutely. Without further ado, uh, we got big interviews coming up. Uh, first, we're going to air Aaron Brockovich, who has been fighting against the EPA, the state environmental agencies. Uh, you name the corrupt agency. She's been fighting the good fight for 30 years now. She exposed uh, the corruption and uh, poisoning in Brinkley, California back in the 90s. Julia Roberts played her in the movie. Uh, she has been, uh, uh, other than myself and a few others, consistently speaking up for the residents of Flint, Michigan. Almost a decade later, they still don't have clean water. Uh, she's all over the place. And uh, she's one of, I believe, the genuinely not full of shit uh, environmentalists slash celebrities out there. And uh, she was pissed. I spoke with her about an hour or two ago. She was yelling uh, in this interview. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, then we have an interview with a mother uh, from the East Palestine area whose son, before they did the control burn, so just in response to the fire of the train, was violently shaking and projectile vomiting. Uh, so we're going to have an interview with her. Please, got almost 400 people watching. Awesome. Smash the like button if you haven't yet. The thumbs up button right under the video. The more people that press like, uh, the more people that will see uh, this video. If you're new here, please subscribe to Status Quo. Uh, we definitely will be getting on the ground uh, soon to East Palestine. Uh, we were going to send somebody over the weekend, but just to be extra careful, we, we said we'll wait because it's not safe for residents. And I don't think it's safe for journalists either, unless you're in a fucking hazmat suit. And by the way, Zena, to the people on uh, 
on Twitter and elsewhere who do not live there being like, oh, it's a little much to call this mini Chernobyl. It's a, oh, these things happen all the time. Uh, you know, they didn't even find anything in the air. These are like the same people telling the Flint residents, your water's fine, cut it out. If you don't live somewhere and you don't know because this just happened, don't tell anyone or don't minimize to anyone that this is not a big deal, that this won't end up being. Because you know what? It is a big deal to the people who live there. It is a big deal to the people who live not only in East Palestine, but to the West. Because this is going 40, 50, 60 miles West and to the East going into Pennsylvania. Uh, here's my interview with Aaron Brockovich. Jordan, delighted to be joined by legendary uh, environmental advocate Aaron Brockovich, who has uh, been speaking extensively uh, on the East Palestine, Ohio uh, train derailment and explosion, which they called a control release. Um, so I believe you were on the ground there. Can you kind of talk about it? It's not your first rodeo, but I'm talking to residents who yeah. kind of feel like they're kind of up the river uh, with one paddle. They're not getting clear communication. Uh, it just came out. There's more toxins uh, that were released than previously known. Um, and I know you're being uh, really, really uh, bombarded by messages. Yes. So I'm not out on the ground. Um, I have been aware since the train derailment explosion controlled burned happened because many of the community members were emailing me and they were obviously concerned, afraid. Some were being evacuated. Others were outside of that evacuation zone. What was going on? They weren't getting information. What should we do? And I monitored it not from afar, but closely through them who was messaging me, trying to ascertain myself what was going on. And it couldn't seem to really get any answers. On Sunday, I threw out a Twitter response. You know, why was nobody talking about this? This happened on February 3rd, and there almost seemed to be like a media blackout on it. Yep. And the people were still continuing to write and the story had been elevated. My chickens died. My cat died. We're seeing dead fish in the river. We're scared. We can still smell it. We were told it's vinyl chloride, but we're told it's safe to come home. People in neighboring communities, even in Pennsylvania, are feeling like there's been an impact. So the response to a train derailment carrying many cars of combustible vinyl chloride that is spilling into the air, the water and the soil. And this community is confused, doesn't know where to go, gives it any answers. And nobody, in my opinion, that I observed federally, and especially if the state was having a hard time dealing with this, was stepping up to the plate, showing up and being there and answering this community's questions and help to quell their concern. And it just stinks again of something, Jordan, that I think that we've all seen over the course of decades when there's a disaster 
there seems to be lack of transparency. I've never seen a situation like this before where the media or there was like a 10 day window of anybody being involved or absence of information in a hazardous train disaster. And so it's super frustrating. I can't imagine how the community feels. And, and I'm here and I did that tweet and supported them going, really, what the hell is going on? And right. why are we not discussing this? And people reporting they're concerned who to trust. Is it the railroad, the railroad north? Uh, Norfolk Southern, yeah. Norfolk, thank you. I Boy, that was a tongue tie for me. Um, are the only ones doing testing? I've been, I've done this rodeo quite a few times. I think you have too. I'm not sure I'm going to trust that testing. I'm not. Is that the only testing that the state and or federal EPA is relying on? Do you really have enough information to call all clear? Is anyone from those agencies going and collecting the dead animals? Uh, so there just seems to be a big gap, lack of transparency, smells like a cover up. What the hell is going on? And if you don't know what the hell is going on, I think you need to tell the community. I'm not sure what the hell is going on. Right. And, you know, it's just you don't need to be a chemist or an expert. Common sense. How do they tell people it's safe to go back if you're still testing and you haven't completed testing? We don't even need to get into whether we trust the testing yet, but they have not completed the testing yet. They told people in the immediate uh, evacuation zone. Uh, it's safe to go back. So seems like that's playing, uh, you know, Russian roulette. Very much so. And we've seen that before. It could take weeks before we begin to uncover what the magnitude of this is. So did they or are they letting them home too soon? And you're right. This is a common sense thing. This is a community that is feeling like nobody's seeing me, nobody's hearing me, nobody's responding to me. I'm scared, I'm concerned. What is the data that you or do or don't have? Where is it coming from? And you and I both know oftentimes we find out after the fact, after you've left everybody home, after you haven't really been forthwith that, oh, Houston, we have a problem. Oh yeah. And I think that is extremely concerning. Yeah. And I want to ask you, I mean, according to uh, the EPA, they have tested, this was as of yesterday, uh, let me pull it up here, they have tested 291 homes. I've read that. Uh, and they're saying, uh, based on that 291 homes, uh, no detections of vinyl chloride or hydrogen chloride were identified for the completed homes. There are 181 homes that remain to be screened. Uh, I don't know where they're getting that, that those are the only homes uh, that need to be screened. Uh, as we're seeing, this is well beyond just the immediate area. They're Correct. smelling this in Pennsylvania, uh, east of East Palestine, yep. smelling it west. Uh, I'm yep. seeing uh, photos 20, 30 miles down the road of soot or stuff from the explosion. Sure. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean... This is definitely not your first rodeo, not my first rodeo. Uh, EPA testing is all often, if you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, flawed or not totally thorough. Um, 
do, do you trust? I mean, maybe they're not detecting it now, but what do you think of their no, claims that they're not detecting it? I don't trust. Uh, it, in all fairness, it is going to take some time to do all of this testing. Now, some of the reports I've read that the EPA initiated, yes, initiated yesterday, they're almost talking out of two sides of their mouth because they state it's a known toxic substance, vinyl chloride, and it's known and continues to be known that it's leaking into the water, into the air, and into the soil. Okay, so we, we have that side of their story. But then over here, they go, well, we tested the homes. I've read where they didn't find any detection limit within the limits that they're supposed to be looking for. Well, that says to me, that doesn't mean you didn't find it. Right. And, but that's safe to go back. Which is it? So it's really frustrating that the agencies can't get it together, have a consistent story, because you're creating your lack of response and the way you are responding, giveth, taketh away. Well, it's here, but it's not dangerous. Well, it is a hazardous chemical, but you can go home. Creates more confusion, certainly creates the conspiracy conversation to go on or the conversation that you shouldn't be trusted or you're not doing your job. God forbid anybody speak up and say, where the hell are you? Where is consistent information? Are you down on the ground with these people? Why are you, you, their leader is not communicating with them. Why, Jordan, do I hear from them and you hear from them? Because somebody's not answering their questions. And this community, as all communities, deserve more respect than that from their local, state, and federal leaders and stepping up to the plate. And by God, if you don't know what's happening, you're uncertain, you need to tell them that. Otherwise, you leave them defenseless to right. even know how to protect themselves right? because they're relying on you to do that for them. And it's just a kick in the gut when another community finds out once again, yeah, our local, state, and federal leaders don't have our back. So they need and they are the ones that are on the ground. And we and these agencies should be listening to them. They're the ones living it, breathing it, exposed to it, and are experiencing it. Yet we almost downplay that. Right. And obviously, this not going to come I as a surprise to you. On here? I'm sorry if I'm screaming. I'm no. so frustrated. I just dawned on me. I'm kind of screaming at you, and I don't mean to be. I'm I honored. Really I'm honored to be screamed at by Aaron Brockovich for this community. Uh, <laughs> this has been uh, 30 years, and it's the same story, Jordan, over and over and over again. I don't but, know if they're expecting a different reaction or response, but it's complete and utter, a little too late, lack of transparency, failure on how to appropriately respond to a national disaster. Right, and I haven't been going 30 years, but I've, you know, in the last six years of covering Flint, it, it, it's eerily similar. I mean, you've been to Flint, you've, you've uh, been involved in justice for Flint. They literally were telling residents, don't believe your lying skin, don't believe your lying brown water, uh, don't believe your eyes, right? your, water's, your water's fine. You got, right? rows, you got rows of dead fish. Uh, I, I interviewed somebody, his fox died, 
other foxes, coyotes are sick. Uh, the blood tests on those animals showed elevated, elevated liver enzymes, uh, chloride, lung inflammation. So if that's happening to the animals, what's happening to the humans? And the yeah, other- Absolutely. And why is that not being reported at a national level? I mean, this is a great conversation for us to have. This always feels like a huge gaslight. I don't know any word to use on these communities. Oh, that's right. What you're seeing, this takes me back to my days in Hinkley, California. Oh, Aaron, the two-headed frog in green water that you see isn't real. And then it makes us question ourselves. And it's like, Bleh. wait a minute. Oh, yeah, no, what I am seeing is real. And I'm going to validate and stand with every community that is the persons in the disaster that is experiencing it. Believe me, they're not lying. And for whatever reason, I don't know why these agencies don't want to hear from we, the people, as to what's happening to them, to us, in a situation like this on the ground. They're there. They're there. These agencies in D.C. and not everyone's stepping out there to find out for themselves. And so there's a moment here. You know, I wrote this in my book, Superman's Not Coming. These crises have gone on way too long. And you know what? Jordan, we're going to have another one. But we've got to stop thinking or being comfortable or complacent. And I say that because sometimes in my life, I too have become comfortable or complacent or thought that these entities, agencies, and leaders who were in place were in fact going to take care of us. But we're learning more often than not. It's a cover-up. It's not transparent. They're not forthwith. They don't have our back. So my hope is still in, as it was in the, the people of Flint and the people of East Palestine who are going to doggedly stick with this story, speak up, speak out, ask the necessary questions. And yes, I think they ask the best ones. Citizen science is here. Common sense is alive and well. Hmm. They know, well, let's see, it was vinyl chloride. It was a controlled burn. Maybe it went bad. It was going to explode. It derailed. Maybe my chickens and foxes and cats and the fish and the coyotes being sick were gassed. What is going to happen to us? Right. So they need to band together like we've seen in Flint and Jackson, Mississippi and Hinkley, California. And these situations play themselves out through the United States. And, and they also, are going to have to protect themselves. So they've got to follow what they see, what they smell, what they feel and protect themselves. Absolutely. And by the way, uh, the rail company forgot to mention uh, that it wasn't just vinyl chloride. They had, I'll mispronounce some of these, Correct. but I'm, yep. I'm sure you, butyl acerolate, yep. uh, ethylene, glycol, mon monobutyl ether, uh, isobutylene, uh, non-hazardous lube oil, which sounds not dangerous, but when you're releasing up to 30,000 gallons, uh, petroleum oil, I mean... You know, because uh, you've educated a lot of Flint residents who had to become experts in what these things are. But these citizen are science, they're alive yeah. and well and they're smart. Yeah. And I, I support that. I know as you do, too, because that's the only way we're going to ultimately find out what really is going on. Down right. There. Uh, can you talk about kind of the playbook? Because I keep seeing this happening in you know, poor black communities, poor brown communities, poor white communities. Uh, I think the reaction tends, 
I know the reaction tends to be differently if it's more of an affluence suburb uh, where they preemptively, uh, if it's, you know, lead lines, we'll take out the lead lines preemptively before there's a problem. Uh, if something like this happened in a wealthier area, they certainly would have folks out, out of that area. Uh, you might have the governor uh, asking for an emergency disaster declaration, which Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio, as far as I know, has not requested that yet to the not, federal. I haven't seen that either. Um, so what, in your experience, uh, does the actual areas these are happening and the makeup of uh, the residents and, and frankly, poverty uh, play a part in the sweeping it under the rug? Well, they actually do because I don't know if there's a perception or idea by those leaders or those agencies that they're just not going to figure it out. They're just going to run the clock on them, which I think is a huge mistake because they are figuring it out. They will figure it out. They do count. They do matter. They do have a voice and they're learning how to really start using it and bravo for that. But oftentimes they are dismissed um, because they think they're not going to find out or they're not gonna understand what it means. I mean, it's an entire learning curve and I've seen plenty of communities willing to go and do that. And it's, they have a great sense of common sense and they know something's wrong, but they get pushed back on or suppressed or repressed because they're told, oh, you shouldn't ask any questions. And if you do ask any questions, they're not smart questions and you don't know anything. I mean, this. I've been here, done that. When I started my workout in Hinkley, my gosh, I was 31 years old. I'm 62 now, dare I date myself. But everyone told me, you're not this, you're not that, you're not a doctor, you're not a lawyer, you're not a scientist, you don't have a good education, so what is it you should know? Well, my, my gosh. And I think all these communities are learning. I don't need to be any of that to be a human, to matter, to count, and to tell you what I'm looking at, what I'm experiencing, what I'm drinking, what I'm smelling, is it right? Can I ask you about the media? We started on, it was almost like a blackout, but this is not either of our first rodeos. I mean, honestly, to me, sometimes I feel like I'm in the twilight zone where <laughs> I, br I, break, I break the story and it's actually, it's really hard to break uh, you know, important investigative stories about environmental calamities, cover-ups. But the harder part is getting the media to give a damn. I mean, aside from a couple articles here and there, or in many cases, local media kind of regurgitating whatever the, the agencies tell them, uh, pushing out data without any investigation, whether the data is credible, um, it's swept under the rug. We're told, you know, the water's fine, the air's fine, whatever it is. And in this case, I mean... I'm sorry. I, I I guess people are worried about the the spy balloon, but there's more coverage of that on CNN than a chemical mushroom cloud over Ohio and Pennsylvania. Why is the national media just ignoring this mostly? Well, they're not now. Boy, I sure saw a lot of national media on it last night. And yeah, you, I, you, I I asked the same question you did. This is how. This kind of just in some regards blew up. I just asked a simple question on Twitter. Why nobody talking about this? Um, I'm glad that we are now, but it is really concerning that there was a 10 day. When this happened, February 3rd, today's February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Um, there was nothing. 
And then a reporter got arrested, what, last Thursday? I think that started rattling, certainly some curiosity in cages. But you ask a, a great question. I asked the same one. Where were you? How does that happen? That we have a train derailment of 10 cars carrying a very toxic substance that's going to explode and it could ride at a community of 4,500 or about 5,000 that's suddenly under emergency evacuation orders not make the news. It's crazy. Um, also, I want to ask know. you. I don't know the answer to that. On the water end, uh, not that you asked me to uh, plug your book, but you wrote a great book. I, I finished it recently before my newborn. Um, oh, congratulations. So, oh, thank you. Uh, Superman's Not Coming, Our National Water Crisis. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been screaming about this for years, you much longer than I, but it's not a sexy story for the media, but I think I don't know of any more necessary or essential need than water to survive. Uh, there's a water crisis in America between uh, lead, PFAS, you know, whatever else is going in the water now, uh, and nobody seems to care. But in this case, uh, what are residents supposed to do? There's no like, there's no guidance. Should they drink the water? Should they get bottled water? It's not cheap you to ask, get bottled water. I mean, what are they supposed to do? You ask a really good question, and they're going to have to rely on themselves, their instincts, their common sense. You know what? They actually really do know. Uh, discuss it with your other neighbors. If you feel the water's unsafe, don't drink it. You may have to get some bottled water, but you know what you're experiencing when you're on the ground like that. So if you're not certain, ask questions. If you're not certain, don't drink the water. You know, if you're outside and you're still smelling something and you feel uncertain, go ahead and shelter in place. Listen, they don't need to ask permission from anybody to know what to do to protect themselves because that's what they're going to have to do. And I don't think that they're they're going to have anyone out there leading them into a natural conclusion of their own common sense on what to do. And that's what they need to listen to each other, band together, talk together, keep asking those questions. If you're uncertain, get out. If you smell something, you can shelter in place. If you don't trust the water, don't drink it until we have further confirmed information about what is or isn't happening in that community. Right. Follow uh, your own gut, your own instincts, and don't question it. I want to play this clip. Uh, this is with a resident I spoke with earlier in the day, uh, right outside the evacuation zone. This was before the controlled burn. So this was just when the fire was happening. Uh, Here's what happened, uh, her son, who has asthma, and his reaction. What were you seeing uh, right after you said that you entered his room and he was shaking? He was projectile vomiting across the floor out of nowhere. Um, he he was very confused. I mean, uh, like, he did wake up out of the middle of his sleep, um, but he, he was shaking. He was begging for water. He said he couldn't breathe. Um, yeah, it was scary. We there's there's literally there's vomit on his floor right now because we ran out of there so fast that I didn't know if he was going to stop breathing. I didn't know what was going to happen. He had been hospitalized for asthma before, went from zero to sixty. Um, so I I didn't know what was going to happen at that time. We ran out of there as fast as we possibly could after that. 
And like I said, he, he did get sick once about an hour later at the hotel. Um, he broke up with some rashes on his skin, but they've since went away, but we have not been back. We've not been even close to the area. He's mm. been okay lately other than emotionally and mentally, but I'm, I'm terrified to, to go back. I mean, not only for myself, but for definitely for him. And can you, uh, can you talk about how old is your son? And obviously it must be extremely uh, concerning when you saw him shaking in the middle of the night and vomiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's, it's so personal. It's very personal. It's, it's very scary. Um, he, yeah, he's nine years old. He's in the third grade. Um, we actually, we were, we were painting his Minecraft Valentine's day box for school, um, before I sent him to bed, um, on the night that it happened and still laying in the middle of our living room, half painted today's his party. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't get to be a part of that. He's, he's having a hard time. He's an only child. He's, really kind of being withdrawn. He's scared. Um, he's worried to go back. I've been trying to not really talk about it around him or, or be on my phone when, I, when I'm around him, just so he has some sense of normalcy. Uh, but I'm, I'm definitely concerned for these kids. I mean, they went through COVID and now now they have this. The school was shut down for a week. Uh, some of his friends are getting sick. It's scary. Um, I'm really worried. And that was, that was before the actual controlled burn, so just the fire. Uh, obviously, Son had asthma, so might be a more extreme reaction than others. But something's something in the air is causing that. And absolutely. And thank you for having her on and giving her that platform. And she's not wrong. And she's protecting her children. She is afraid to go back. They're not going back right now. And that's what we were talking about earlier. That's what you have to follow. And that was very frightening for her. And you know, vinyl chloride is combustible and when you breathe it it can cause acute respiratory so with asthma it might set somebody off that much quicker and so what more do does anyone need to talk about when you hear a mother like that during this situation go into an asthma attack projectile vomiting they're being evacuated that something isn't wrong because something is wrong and to think that in a 10-day window, what, just poof, magically, all that burn, all that chemical that has just disappeared from the soil and the water and the air? I, I don't think I believe that. I'm no. so glad that she had that moment to speak with you. And what a great mom. And I'm sure everybody feels that fear, feels her pain. But she protected her child. She's going to do the right thing. She's concerned for other children. They don't want to go back. And she sends a very strong message. And I'm really sorry that she had to go through that. And I'm sure she really is scared. I, you know, my kids are grown now, but now as a grandmother, you worry about their future health impacts. And you and I have learned more often than not, we find out that information way too late. Literally in the case of Flint, I just looked back. I was there last year. I interviewed 10 people in a round table. Three of them died within the last year. And that happens all too often. In this case, unfortunately, I mean, it's going to be a slow burn. Uh, unfortunately, you probably will have some people, more than some people, uh, vinyl chloride connected to liver cancers and yes. other illnesses. Uh, you'll have legal battles for the next 10, 15 years, eventually maybe a big settlement. But by then, how many people will be permanently correct uh, sick or, or, or dead? Correct. And I am glad the law is there and we do have these settlements that you hope can help make 
people whole again. I don't know how you ever make anyone whole again that you've poisoned who's shortened their life or they themselves will get cancer or somebody in their family or a child. We have to do better than this, Jordan. And this is a systemic problem. You know, and I talk about failed infrastructures, but I think we have to start looking at failed institutions, failed agencies, antiquated and failed laws and policies and leaders. Yeah. We have got to change the way we do business, the way we conduct and treat our environment moving forward, or we are, I really think, in for some trouble. We're at that fork in the road and we can't afford it. It's frustrating to see the government kick the can down the line on these issues, just like industry does. We can't afford to kick this down the line any further. My gosh, our greatest commodity, the greatest gifts we have in this country is our land, which we no longer can grow food on from forever chemicals to our water and to our people. And all of it is being damaged. This isn't a fire drill. This isn't like some earthquake drill. This is happening. This is real. And shame on us. We, what we aren't prepared for these issues, we should be. That's part of the problem. Right. And, and so I, I think it's imperative that we no longer kick the can down the line. And we are going to have to push hard to change not only just, look, we have lawsuits, we have to change policies. We have to change some of these ideas of how it is we think we can treat this environment. And we have to understand whatever we put into practice back then, Jordan, isn't serving us today and it's not gonna serve us going forward. And I think in part, we as the people, we need to speak up a lot more and a lot more loudly. Uh, last question. Uh, obviously, there's plenty of political blame to go around. If people don't know, under President Obama, he proposed regulations that would mandate these uh, rail carriers to update their brake systems. Uh, that's part of why these derailments are happening, because they have very, very old, outdated uh, equipment. Um, when Trump got in, that was repealed, uh, unsurprisingly. Um, obviously, uh, President Biden, as far as I know, hasn't spoken up about this. Uh, what is the role of political leadership? Governor DeWine of Ohio, uh, that uh, mother I spoke with told me DeWine was in town, but sprinted out after that control burn. <laughs> uh, and well, has not. And, Graham, right? Yeah. And hasn't, as far as I could tell, has not given guidance or even issued a, an emergency declaration. And I don't see anything other than the EPA testing uh, from President Biden. Uh, so what do you think needs to be done? Well, Look, our railroads is a federal issue, right? We've had a little more few cra train crashes than we should have, even in the past few weeks. I mean, just back, what, November 2022 in Louisiana, hydrochloric yeah. acid, there was a big train derailment. I know that there was one in Houston. We're looking at this one now. Federal oversight must maintain the infrastructure of the rail system. And I want to know what caused the derailment. As you said earlier, it could be bad breaks. I don't know that we know yet or if that investigation is completed. My position for any president, you are the president of our country. And there was a serious disaster involving 
the railways transporting toxic hazardous material. What else are we not knowing? Did, was, was the weight load wrong? Did you load too much up? Did you try to squeeze too much into 10 cars instead of 20? There's a lot of unanswered questions. But these people deserve acknowledgement and to hear from you. At least I'm aware of the situation. I'm overseeing the situation. Had it been a plane crash, you probably would have showed up on ground. Had it been a huge fire, would have shown up on ground. Why is it you're not there? And I, you are president of this country. There has been a disaster in this state. It is toxic chemicals. It is being transported. It is crossing other state lines. What will the outcome be to the environment? But most importantly, take the time to hear from the mother that you just interviewed and others like it. And part of your job is to assure them of their safety. And I'm not sure why we're not there doing that. Absolutely. And uh, anything else you want to say just about the water crisis in general, because this has been your life's mission, one of your life's mission. Uh, I, I would really recommend, if you have the time, uh, getting Aaron's book, because it really, it's very, very uh, easy to understand. There's a big problem in this country that is basically been uh, largely erased or ignored by the media. Um, our water, I don't want to, you know, un unnecessarily scare anyone, but our water, even in nicer cities and towns, has a lot of junk in it. Uh, and it's uh, very, very problematic uh, for development, uh, for vulnerable, immunocompromised uh, people. Um, you know, what should people know uh, as far as the water they're drinking, bathing in? Be informed. I, and you don't assume or wait or expect or think that somebody else is going to give the information you need to know. You need to, you, you own your health, you own your land, you own your water that you drink. If you are uncertain, ask questions. I oftentimes people are afraid to ask questions because somebody's going to think it's silly, you know, or you don't know what you're talking about. Look, none of us, as we said earlier, you don't need a science degree. And this is no disrespect to science or politicians. Well, I'm going to laugh at that one with politicians, attorneys, some leaders, but you, you know what's happened to you. Um, and we oftentimes just don't follow that because we think somebody else will come to fix it. I think we are waking up and seeing that that's not happening. For me, after doing this for 30 years, and this is still happening, what is it that when you continue to do the same thing over and over? Definition of insanity. Results? Yeah, what is it? What is the definition of insanity? Yeah. I, I, I don't know what we're thinking. And I think it will take us waking up and pushing back in, in numbers, state by state, community by community. This just can't continue to go on to the detriment and of everybody. And this is where, stop the politics up there. This is, isn't an issue that belongs to right or left. This is everybody's issue, everybody. And the, the tit for tat, the constant jabs and you said this and you said it's enough already how can you be our leaders and expect us to respond appropriately when we're watching how you're leading we the people will get it together but there are days that i feel like crying 
there are days that I honestly could pull my hair out and I'm frustrated and I feel like I'm down the rabbit hole with you. But I, I'm not going to get stuck there because I still believe, and the hope is, in us, in this community in Palestine. They know how to deal with this. They will get themselves out of harm's way. They will get the answers they deserve. But they have to not be afraid to speak up, speak out, and just at the end of the day, hold your ground. This is flat out wrong, and I need some answers. So it's a lot of frustration, a lot of passion, a lot of compassion, a lot of exhaustion. I can't imagine how some of these communities feel and such deceit and a kick in the gut that we we thought and we set up a system that was supposed to be designed to protect and preserve our environment and public health and welfare. And it is just we're almost it's just like being blown off. It's hurtful. And no wonder this country is so angry. But I don't want us to lose the hope in us and each other and standing together in a fight for clean land, safe water, a safe environment to raise a happy, healthy family. I mean, and uh, thank you so much. You know, I mostly think most journalists, uh, uh, experts, advocates are full of shit, but I've always admired you. Uh, and you are the definition of actions speak louder than words. So thank you for all your work because people don't know. I mean, you're flooded at all times, including for me, uh, emails oh. and people asking you for help. And uh, you are just really an inspiration, I think. Well, so are you. And, and again, the, the work that you're doing and it started in Flint and you've created this platform and you're reaching out to the people, that's that's what it takes. Oh, my gosh. I feel like the Beatles song. I am you. You are me. Right. We are all <laughs> together. Um, yeah. Thank you for what you do. And just sometimes I always feel like I have to apologize if for, for my rant. But this is this is passion. This is compassion. And um, this is frustration. And in that interview with your mother, um, I wish her well. She's a good mom. And I, I, I'm going to believe and trust in that community. Um, they will stay together and, and they're going to get through this. But we're going to have to all push for more information from the agencies and from a media source to get them those answers. The damage has been done and the horse has left the barn. But how we handle that situation moving forward, which right now I think is being handled very poorly, will make a big difference in the outcome. Absolutely. But Thanks thank for you, Jordan, it. so much for all that you do. I do appreciate it. I know Absolutely. a lot of people do. Thanks for taking the time. Be well. Thanks for having me. You be well, too. Uh, Zaina? Can you hear me? I I think she said it all. You know. Uh, um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The disappointment, the anger. And she's been doing this for 30 years this fight where, you know, moments where it looked like things were going to get better. I'm sure promises made. Um, I've read a little bit of her book about, you know, it, it speaks of some of the promises that were made. And I just want to, I just want to say gone, we're, we're in the same spot that, that we were, if not worse in a lot of areas than we were ecologically and infrastructurally from 30 years ago.
I just want to say. She was on fire. Amazing. Absolute, absolute fire. I try not to be a, a stand for anyone I interview, but I got to tell you. What do you even ask? You don't even need to ask anything. Just let her talk. This Aaron Brockovich has seen it all. Uh, a lot of people don't know because obviously, you know, doesn't have cameras with her, but she still goes around the country to a certain extent in communities you've never heard of fighting a good fight. Um, it has helped me inspire me uh, on many days where I feel like, why the fuck am I doing this? <laughs> why am I continuing to hit my head against the wall and with Flint and many other stories I've covered, particularly on water and environmental issues, but she is, uh, she is the quintessential example that you gotta. And I think something she consistently says that's really important and the people of uh, East Palestine are gonna have to find out and surrounding areas that are gonna be affected by this because it's not just East Palestine, but you're gonna have to become your own advocate, sadly, because as her book said, Superman ain't coming. Uh, a lot of people, I, I, I know the first time I spoke with people in Flint when I was there, you don't, you don't know any better. You think the EPA is going to come and help. You think uh, your elected officials are genuinely there to help you. Uh, you think the president or the governor or the mayor are going to do everything possible. And then as time goes on, you realize they are doing everything possible to sweep it under the rug. Uh, they're pouring a shit ton of money into PR campaigns to declare it better and improving, whether it's the air, whether it's the water, whether it's the soil, uh, then whistleblowers come out and you learn, holy shit, they knew about these things decades before. I'm sure we'll find out that this rail company knew of the risks, uh, knew of the equipment, the faulty equipment they had uh, once there's an investigation. Uh, the cover-up, I just told a reporter who's there, the cover-up does not happen while all the cameras are gone. The, the cover-up starts when all the cameras leave. And they're going to leave soon. Uh, I tweeted yesterday or the day before that I've never seen a media blackout like this. It's been a little better in the last 24 hours with a little more attention uh, in terms of CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post. But I don't know. Call me naive. I think if there's a chemical mushroom cloud over the heartland of America, maybe it should be leading newscasts at night. Maybe reporters should be asking the EPA uh, and other agencies, why are the people still there? Um, maybe we need reporters outside the headquarters of Norfolk Southern finding out who knew what when. Uh, maybe, as you're doing right now, uh, we need investigations into the politicians that took money from Norfolk Southern and why are they mysteriously silent? Or they are speaking, but making excuses for the rail company. We'll have that story on Substack probably tomorrow on... Uh, the politicians. Tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, you could describe. You've been looking into Dems, Republicans, taking money from Norfolk Southern, and it seems that their response is not very critical of Norfolk Southern. Nothing. Crickets. Um, only one person out of the um, seven individuals who have taken money in Ohio from Norfolk Southern and none of the folks who took money in Pennsylvania, because we looked there, because... 
remember that's it's right on the line. It's right on the Pennsylvania line. So it, it's going it can very likely impact the Pennsylvania community that's right next to East Palestine. So we're not hearing from any of these individuals. And I will I will say one of the and I'll just throw it. I could throw it up on screen just really quick. We can see the names and the story will be coming out tomorrow. We have Troy Balderson, $10,000. And this is from PAX. So this isn't necessarily from the workers or the individuals. Mike Carey, $10,000 in PAC money associated with or directly from Norfolk Southern. Um, Chantel Brown, $7,500. And even Chantel Brown and Joyce Beatty with $5,000, they're silent on this right now. Not a peep, not a word. Chantel Brown, who beat Nina Turner. You know who's not silent about this? Nina Turner. She ain't silent about it. Uh, but those are all Ohio representatives. And by the way, I just I did a quick skim earlier. I saw James Clyburn got 10000 from Norfolk Southern. Haven't heard a peep. Uh, Steny Hoyer, who was the whip or one of the high ups uh, in Pelosi's mafia. Uh, he got ten grand. A yep. uh, bunch of Republicans got money. You might say, ah, 10 grand, what's that in politics? Well, it's enough to shut them up, apparently. Not they- to mention Norfolk Southern gave, which this will be in the article too. We're focusing on, you know, the representatives in Pennsylvania and Ohio mainly. But it's also important to note that Norfolk Southern has given hundreds of thousands of dollars to both DNC and RNC, Republican National Committee and Democratic National Committee PACs. So that money from those PACs get filtered out to all kinds of candidates, even candidates that supposedly or representatives that don't take corporate money. So we call that we call that backdoor dark money. And Norfolk Southern is is knee deep. So are the rest of the railroad companies um, as, as infrastructural problems happen. But what I noticed was where the lines go through Pennsylvania. Kentucky, Ohio, some of the ones that 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 carry the coal and and the chemicals um, are in the Appalachian Belt region. Um, have some of the danger, most dangerous um, congestion as well as chemicals, and those are where Norfolk has put a lot of their money into. People like Thomas Massey and others. These are the representatives that, that are in the Appalachian Beltway, that are in the Ohio River Valley Beltway. That's where they're dumping the dollars. They're dumping the dollars in the areas that can be most impacted by accidents like these. And by the way, uh, not that I was like a Tim Ryan guy, but like J.D. Vance, he, he's speaking up on this by going on Tucker Carlson's show and somehow connecting this train derailment to what did he talk about? Like I have, it, I have it right here. Let's see. If you listen to sorry, I didn't put the frames around it like Colin does. <laughs> so I apologize. Uh, but if you listen to Secretary Buttigieg today, they're focused more on whether we have too many white men in construction jobs and ensuring we have a viable transportation infrastructure. We are ruled by unserious people who are worried about fake problems. So they're more focused on the woke politics, which we can make an argument that the Democrats are too. I mean, I'm looking at at uh, I'm looking at folks like um, who was it that we mentioned before? Folks like um, Chantel Brown, 
And she's passing, you know, legislation that's focused on, you know, celebrating the the first black um, Supreme Court justice, which sure we should. But she's also completely silent on this. But I, I also understand that Vance isn't necessarily talking about the tokenization. He's not necessarily talking about the problems with people being silent. You know, he's trying to shift it back to the right wing culture wars. And instead of really honing in, if he wanted to help the people of East Palestine, he would be demanding, he would be going and speaking on the ground with DeWine, demanding that um, they declare an emergency, as you said, demanding that the EPA um, do its own research. But instead, he's he's talking about rolling back regulation. How's rolling back regulation and already weakened system going to help? And here's an idea. Uh, in the case of J.D. Vance, he gets uh, he gets excused from this because he wasn't in yet. But maybe just maybe. Right. Um, maybe. Republicans who, by the way, tried to tried to force the railroad workers to take an even shittier contract than the Democrats ultimately forced the railroad workers to take. Maybe we should not elect or vote for or push or propagandize for Republicans like Joe Biden, who for 35 to 40 years were antagonistic to labor. But and unions, but the media in their manufacturing consent and nonstop propaganda for Joe Biden during the 2020 primary and before uh, made this extreme makeover that Joe Biden is somehow a union guy and a friend of labor and, you know, lunch bucket Joe. And, oh, my daddy told me that the uh, job means you got dignity. You know, he <laughs> likes to invoke his daddy. And, you know, my daddy, my daddy told me. Blah, blah, blah. Well, Joe Biden. Republicans, too, because they were trying to block the railroad workers from going on strike. But Biden is the president. The Democrats had control and they blocked uh, railroad workers from going on strike over these exact issues. I interviewed yeah. the railroad workers. There was many reasons they want to go on strike. Obviously, the lack of paid sick leave got a lot of the attention. But guess what? Rail workers, rank and file and the union heads were talking about the fact that they cut. 20 to 30 percent of the staff while getting their record profits over the last 10 years, uh, along with uh, letting uh, staff go, letting staff retire, uh, was the unsafe conditions and what they're transporting on these cars. The outdated trains themselves, which have brake systems and equipment from the Civil War era. So Can you I got also mention that every single I looked up every single one of these people that that take that took from uh uh, uh, Norfolk uh, Southern and all of them that won, all of them that won, Democrats and Republicans both voted yes to Biden's crappy let's crush the railroad union um, policy that passed um, that passed in December of last year. All of them but one. And the only one that didn't he voted no only because he wanted uh, a more restrictive, not less restrictive. So less, he wanted less worker friendly, even though this bill already was not worker friendly in the least. And so, so yeah, I mean, that's, 
that big money, you know, I can't say that that's why, but but I can say that that's what they did. Every single one of these voted in favor of the rail companies over the workers. And the only one who voted no was Bob Latta. And Bob Latta is one of the most extreme right to work uh, people on the right. So he was he was uh, advocating for a more stringent um, anti-worker policy <laughs> for the railroad workers. Colin, could you, uh, I so, just sent so I will say Chantel Brown, she voted, uh, yes, let's crush the unions. Colin, I just sent you something, uh, that we should show when you get it. Uh, breaking news. I uh, just saw this from somebody in the audience and I, I checked it. A truck carrying hazardous materials overturns on I-10 in Tucson, Arizona, nearby residents told to shelter in place. So Aaron Brockovich, you talked about, yeah, if we could full screen that. Yeah. You see that? Whatever the hell's coming out of that truck. So this is in Arizona. Uh, we know other train derailments happened in Houston and another place, I forget, uh, in recent days. Look at that. So, yeah. Everything's fine and dandy. Um, and we're just reporting. This is what we can see with our naked eye. So yep. much of what is reported on, such as what Aaron Brockovic, you know, uncovered in California is not seen necessarily with the naked eye. So think about it. Think about this massive plume of smoke that people can see with their naked eye that looks like a nuclear bomb went off in East Palestine and then look at the response and look at the lack of government response and look at the lack of response from government officials um, and, and the EPA and others. And they're like, oh, let's just let the company handle it. What about everything that we can't see with our naked eye? Yeah. Let's just let the arsonists build, rebuild the home. That's, that's a good yeah. idea. Let they let the people who burned down your home do, do the construction to rebuild it. Let the police investigate themselves. Nothing could go wrong. Um, keep those super chats coming. We really appreciate them. I'm seeing 49.99, 20. Uh, we're going to read them at the end. Uh, we're going to air another interview, this one with a resident. I would encourage you to uh, get some tissues uh, or something to avoid punching a wall because this one is equally uh, as upsetting and infuriating. Um, Zaina, I, I would say that what this resident is going to describe, her son is asthmatic, uh, had violent, was violently shaking after the train fire before they did the control release. So just the train fire uh, caused the violent shaking, projectile vomiting, uh, rashes for both her and her son. They have not gone back yet. Uh, but she, like a lot of the residents I'm talking about, are basically trying to figure out what the fuck is going on themselves because they're not getting straight answers from the government. Um, as If you're new here, please subscribe. Uh, as humbly as I could say, I think we're covering this better than most corporate media. Uh, definitely better than most independent media. Um, that we will be sending somebody on the ground to East Palestine and the surrounding areas uh, when we think it's safe. Obviously, as journalists, you, you take you go into places and take calculated risks. Uh, we were going to send Lewis over the weekend, uh, last weekend, uh, but I just 
tell you the truth, I I genuinely did not think it was safe to send uh, a report. I don't think it's safe for residents to be there, much less a reporter, unless you're in a full respirator and probably some type of hazmat suit. Because it's not just vinyl chloride that came out of those things. It's all sorts of other toxic, uh, volatile, organic compounds. And until we know more, I mean, I am willing as a reporter to take certain risks. I'm, I'm willing to go into certain areas where I know there could be violence, potential gunshots, things like that. But with this, it's not potential. We know there are there is a mushroom cloud and and uh, I am hearing from residents uh, coughing, dizziness, vomiting, rashes. So I don't think it's particularly safe at this minute. And we want to keep anyone doing reporting for us as safe as we can. So we will send uh, either Lewis, myself, or somebody there as soon as we think it's safe. Uh, until then, we, we're just going to keep interviewing residents. If you live there or in the surrounding areas and you want to talk to us, you have a story, uh, email us, info at statuscoup.com, info at statuscoup.com. Um, so, you know, uh, we could... We have other interviews, by the way. Uh, Lewis did an interview. Zane is going to be doing an interview tomorrow uh, with residents and people nearby. So we'll be cranking out as much as we can. Uh, if you appreciate our reporting, consider joining us as a member. Uh, that's statuscoup.com slash join. You could support our investigative and on-the-ground reporting uh, for 5 to 10 bucks a month. Uh, we're going to do our monthly members call because as a member, you get uh, to join us for a monthly Zoom call uh, next week. Uh, haven't decided the day yet, but it will be next week. Uh, so definitely, definitely, if you can join us, uh, everybody, you know, obviously not everyone can afford uh, five to 10 bucks a month, but if you can, I think it's better than a burnt cup of coffee from Starbucks or whatever else you're spending five to 10 bucks a month. Cause we actually, contrary to most of the punditry and bloviating on YouTube, uh, we're actually covering the stories that corporate media usually cover up. And we actually go out there on the ground. We were just in Atlanta covering the Cop City protests on the ground. Uh, we just had John Farina in Memphis covering the protests after Tyree Nichols was murdered. And we will be sending somebody to East Palestine. Uh, and what we learn every time is that the mainstream media is leaving things out that are critical. When you go and you talk directly to people, you learn about things that, that are never reported anywhere else. Uh not only are they leaving things out, but they're also regurgitating propaganda from companies like corporate uh, Norfolk Southern or the EPA. So, or the police. Or the police. So, without further ado, here is my interview with a uh, resident uh, who was, I think, a mile from the, the blast radius, uh, whose son has unfortunately been sick. She's been sick. Uh, it's, it's just an unbelievable it's just unbelievable once you hear what the residents are dealing with. Uh, here we go. Jordan, delighted to be joined by Juza. Uh, you and your family live uh, a mile outside of the uh, train explosion uh, in East Palestine. And like many there, have uh, had a real hectic week or so. And unfortunately, uh, have had some symptoms related to um, the chemicals that are raining over uh, your area. Can you first describe um, when did you hear that this train had derailed and, you know, they were about to quote unquote, slow burn it. And uh, what, what did you and your family do? 
So when it first happened, my son actually was the one who noticed it because he saw the, the smoke before anything. Um, he saw the smoke and we, we live close enough to the tracks that you can kind of see um, the train crossing through some houses. And he thought he saw the lights on it, which meant this train was stopped and, and we saw the smoke coming up. So we didn't really know what to make of it at first. And then we started hearing the sirens, the fire sirens um, and emergency vehicles. I mean, we had 50 different fire departments show up. Um, but at first we, we didn't know what it was. We didn't know what was burning. We had no idea. We actually took a walk a couple blocks down, um, when we kept hearing sirens go by, um, cause we didn't, we didn't know anything. Um, we didn't, we didn't get any notifications on our phone at this point or anything. So we walked down a little bit and then I, I realized how big this fire really was. Um, people started, I mean, the road started getting blocked off pretty early on. Um, people were just kind of swarming to the site at first. And, and I started feeling dizzy actually walking those two blocks of town. And this was maybe about a half hour after it happened. Um, and, and I started feeling weird and I said, you know, we better get back. We, we better get out of this air. So we went home and um, I, I'd been following it after that. We just kept hearing more sirens, more sirens. Um, and that was like around the time where we got the notifications on our phone that there was an evacuation order. Um, at this time, I don't think we knew that it was toxic chemicals. Um, we just knew it was a fire and it was like a train, a big train fire. And um, so we got the notifications on our phone and we were right at the mile marker. Um, so at this point we just, um, so they were, they were actually evacuating people to the school building, which was a lot closer to us than we were to the fire. So we thought we were good. I mean, we were closer to the place they were evacuating people. So we thought we were all right. Um, all our neighbors were under a shelter in place uh, order at that time that were outside of that mile radius. Um, so we, we shut up all the windows, shut up all the doors and uh, I didn't sleep. I, I was, you know, I was really concerned because people were starting to question what was on the train and um, the smoke started really burning people's lungs, burning their eyes. People were getting dizzy, um, feeling sick. So, um, and that's, yeah, e that's even inside your house. You were feeling that way. Eventually. Yeah. So about yeah. three 30 in the morning, I, I swear I started smelling it. I mean, I, my nerves were shot at this point. So I thought I wasn't sure if I, if I was really smelling what I was smelling and feeling the way I was feeling. Um, and then less than five to 10 minutes after I started smelling it, my son woke up out of a dead sleep, violently shaking, throwing up, totally disoriented, begging for water. Um, and he was not sick at all. Like, he, he just wasn't, there was no, no indications of a sickness before this. And it was shortly, just a few minutes after I started smelling it. So at that point I took him and we ran out of there because I already had a bad, a bag pack just in case. And, um, he threw up again about an hour after we got to the hotel and he had some skin rashes. Um, he's asthmatic and he also, he's immune compromised. So he's, he's really sensitive to a lot of things, has a lot of reactions, allergic reactions to things. So, um, but we were fine. We've been fine since then. We've been about 30 miles away in a hotel since then. We initially evacuated actually uh, about 20, 20 miles away to Chippewa, PA. Um, his grandmother actually lives there too. She, she has uh, a lot of health problems, chronic, chronic lung problems and cancer. Um, and we, we were visiting her house, which was only a few streets away. Um, the day they started doing the burn, the controlled burn began. And we walked outside her house and turned left and it was a black wall of smoke rolling in sideways right before um before sunset and that's about that's about 20 miles away yeah that was about 20 miles away in chippewa um i mean her face turned white when she saw it we were we were scared um at that point we all evacuated she evacuated her house as well and we moved to a hotel 
um, about 15, 20 miles from Chippewa. So, so now we're about 30 minutes away, about 30 miles away. Um, because I've seen other pictures too, around the same time frame in Chippewa, where you can see the big black cloud through it. It is daunting. I think a lot more people were affected than they were trying to tell us at first. Um, I, I still, I don't know how far this is extended to. People were smelling it 40 miles away, Boardman, Vienna, Ohio. Um, they were all smelling these chemicals from this controlled burn. I mean, the fire burned for a few days before they intentionally lit it. But when they lit it, that's really when things got ugly. And you uh, and your son were having symptoms before they did this, quote, control burn? Yeah, we, we started feeling symptoms maybe about five hours after the initial wreck, uh, the mm -hmm. derailment. So, yeah, we, we boarded up our house and everything like that because there was just a shelter in place at the time for most of us that were outside of that zone. Like I said, we were right at the mile marker. We're also right along Sulphur Creek, which was one of the first water sources that were um, contaminated. Mm -hmm. So that might be part of the reason why we smelled it first as well, because uh, I guess so whenever this just the vinyl chloride burns, it breaks down into a couple things, one of them being hydrogen chloride, which is attracted to water. And that creates hydrochloric acid. So I'm I'm concerned that's uh, an issue going home as well. Uh, we don't we don't know. I mean, they're not testing residues. They're not testing soil. The only soil they've tested uh, were was at, directly at the site. Um, I mean, EPA sent this letter. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it or not. Yeah. But EPA sent the letter to Norfolk Southern. Directly states it's in our waters, it's in our soil, and it's in our air, and it's continuing to be released. Right. So I'm not sure why they're telling us it's not everywhere else in our house. It's not in these residue. It's not in our soil. It's not in our grass. But people are having reactions in this, this letter. They say that it is in there. So, I mean, there's conflicting information from the EPA just from there alone. Right. So it's, and it also, it's uh, the EPA letter showed that it's way more than vinyl chloride, which is bad mm -hmm. enough. Uh, I might mispronounce some of these things, but butyl acerlate, <laughs> yeah. uh, ethylene, glycol, monobutyl ether, benzene. Yeah, I mean, just the petroleum oil, you know, tens yeah. of thousands of gallons spilled. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I wanted to ask, I mean, you know, the, the company could say, well, your son has uh, asthma and immuno uh, symptoms, but you're not, you know, I'm sure you've spoken with others. You're not the only one and not the only child that's been having symptoms. Yeah, what's concerning me too as well is because EPA lifted this evac notice, this order, only a few days after it had happened. Um, but then Norfolk Southern just released a full manifest about two days ago, about a week later, uh, indicating that there was at least three other severely hazardous chemicals on it. And I don't know why that didn't come into play with EPA from that point on, because when they lifted the evacuation order, they didn't know about those, apparently. Um, some of the locals did, some of the local, I should say, local officials did, uh, including DeWine, our governor, so, so that's a little unnerving that they, they knew about that. And then the Norfolk Southern released a manifest a week later indicating there's all these other chemicals that these people are being exposed to um, that's in our water, that's in our soil. They're, they're not doing soil testing, like I said, or residue testing in these homes, but they're also confirming that it's in it's at the site. So, I mean, a lot of it just doesn't add up. Um, and, and also the uh, company uh, put out their preliminary testing, which I don't particularly trust. Uh, so they tested, they say they tested a couple hundred homes uh, inside and outside for the air and found no contaminants. Well, you don't have to be an expert. Why are people feeling sick if there's, exactly. no, contam if there's no contaminants? 
Exactly. I've seen a lot more posts this morning that's, that are very concerning to me because the schools opened up yesterday was the first day back. And a lot, there's kids that are developing rashes in the school while they're at school. The school's nurse are, are calling parents at, at their homes, um, telling them, you know, this is going on. Um, they're coming home with all these horrible, they look like allergic reactions. It looks really bad. Um, these rashes people are having, these babies, it's terrible. These people that have been home for a few days are all, you know, having these issues. Not only that, but they're also having respiratory problems. And that goes hand in hand with, if you look up the CDC um, MSDS sheets for these these chemicals, it clearly states that, yes, you will have those reactions even at small um, doses. And it also, in a lot of those MSDS sheets, clearly states that they do adhere to fabrics and it does adhere to plastics. We're being told by the EPA that it does not do that and it doesn't settle. Um, there's also a, a cleaning company that's not the one being paid by Norfolk Southern. It's a, a separate one out in Norfolk, I'm Ohio. Um, the woman, I haven't talked to her personally, but um, my friend is getting treatment done on her home through them. And the woman worked there for about 20 years. She said she's extensively researched CDC um, guidelines for these materials just solely to like help people in East Palestine. And her information that she's received from the CDC is conflicting with what the toxicologists are, are saying that Norfolk has um, hired the toxicologist, um, it's CTEH, Center for uh, Toxicology and Environmental Health. They're, they're the ones also doing the air quality readings. Um, but yeah, it's, it's conflicting information because they're telling everybody that it's not on any residue, it's not on your grass, it's not anything like this. But if, if you look directly from the CDC, it, it can. So I feel like we're being misled. Absolutely. And also, I mean, common sense, you know, people complain about the police investigating themselves. I mean, why is why is the EPA relying on the company to be doing any testing? I mean, I'm not sure why Norfolk was given the narrative from from starting. I mean, they're the ones who contracted this cleaning this cleaning company who literally only deodorize and sanitize hazardous chemicals. Like, have we all passed eighth grade chemistry or not? Because, I mean, I don't see what their qualifications are to handle something like this. This this shit just doesn't happen in these quantities. So they don't really have any ex like like big experience with these hazardous chemicals. I don't think deodorizing and sanitizing something that's not even biological. Right. Um, is practical. And, and I mean, and of course, I mean, they're, they're getting paid by Norfolk and the air quality people, they're being um, paid by Norfolk. They're supposedly working with EPA, but I mean, these EPA readings and stuff, it's not, it's not conclusive with um, things if you find on, on the CDC's website for some of these chemicals, just the basic MSDS sheets, like it's just conflicting material. And let me ask you just from the residents on the ground, can you talk about, is it organized? Is there communication coming from one straight line? Because it seems like the governor is doing very little. I don't know about the local officials there in the East mm -hmm. Palestine area. Uh, the EPA didn't seem to know all the information of all the gases that were released. Uh, they're writing letters to the company, but residents I spoke with, it seems like people are having to really resort to Facebook pages to get information rather than like having a straight line of communication coming from government agencies. Yeah, yeah, this has been a major issue since day one. Like, it, it took over 24 hours for Norfolk to even release that there was, in fact, chemicals on the train. Like, we had no idea what was even on the train for, for at least a day. And then, like I said earlier, it took about a week before we got a full manifest, if that's even the full manifest. Um, so like the city officials, they, they could only do so much at first. Um, they were absolutely not prepared for this, but how could they? Um, yeah, I, I don't think this should have been in Norfolk's hand from, from the get-go. 
Um, I don't really trust EPA's readings at the time. Um, yeah, we, we weren't really given a lot of information whatsoever from anybody. DeWine, yeah, he was there for a few days until the control burn. And he, he even said, you know, we better get out of here. Um, once they did that control burn, things just went to shit and he just ghosted us. I mean, we are completely on our own. Um, we're, it, it's crazy. It's really unbelievable, especially since they're, they said a few days ago, the Ohio River had been, in fact, contaminated. The fish kills are spreading to Columbiana and Mahoning counties. The hazmat team was seen in East Liverpool, Ohio this morning, or I'm sorry, yesterday morning. That's about 20 miles away. They were seen scooping up dead fish in Beaver Creeks and also down by the wharf by the river in, um, in East Liverpool. So for them to just try to keep this containment secret when the, that Ohio River provides drinking water for approximately 5 million people, um, there was like a hole. Um, somebody got a picture in an airplane going over East Palestine the day of the control burn, you know, breaking through the clouds. We don't know how big this is really extending to. Um, the Ohio Basin, Ohio River Basin, uh, it's like a third of our country. If you if you look at some of these maps, it's really concerning. Um, they're testing okay in the well, or the city water is being tested okay right now. However, ask anybody that knows about groundwater or wells and things like this. It can take years for that to show up through there. So I don't really expect to see any um, bad tests from the city water for a few years now. Another concern of mine. Well, as somebody who's been covering the Flint water cover up for six years, uh, yeah. Not always transparent on what's actually in the water when they test. Right. Another issue, I don't know if you've seen or not, um, there was a 2019 report done by the Ohio EPA. I should say it was revised in 2019. I haven't had a lot of time to research this further myself. I don't know if there is any uh, newer reports from, from the village, but it was an Ohio EPA report. Um, to the village of East Palestine, basically saying their water system infrastructure was insufficient to withstand any kind of contaminants like this, including a spill, including a chemical spill. There's several reasons, one of them being the wells were incredibly too shallow. Uh, some of these wells were 30 feet deep. There's nothing over top of them. Um, there's, there's a couple other reasons too. I'd have to bring up the report again. Um, I don't believe um, that any of those issues have been fixed by the city since then. Um, I haven't got any responses from the city officials from my from my messages that I've left. Uh, hopefully at this town meeting on Wednesday, I can get some answers about that. Mm -hmm. I don't really feel like they're going to be transparent. Um, I've also heard that they received uh, $220,000 for their fire department to replace um, things, the, the, um, the trucks or equipment, the breathing apparatuses that were damaged. So far, our city has said nothing about that. I mean, even if they were to provide that money to our, to residents, that is literally about forty some dollars per person. Right. Um, so that's just a slap in the face, really. And the company offered a twenty five thousand dollar donation to the uh, residents, which amounts to five bucks. Yeah, and that was actually given to the Red Cross, so we haven't even seen that money. That yeah. five dollars, <laughs> we haven't uh, even seen that. You mentioned that Governor Dewine was in town, but after the uh, controlled burn. He left. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like the messaging from him has been everybody could return. Everything's fine. Uh, yeah. Where is he and what do you say about his leadership? I, um, I, I, I'm really surprised because um, at first I was I was also surprised, pleasantly surprised that he did react. I mean, it took a few days for him to seem to catch on. 
but I was surprised that he even personally made a trip out there. I mean, he was in the school talking. He did several press releases in the school talking about it until they did that control burn. And it's literally been, maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I, I don't see it, but I have not heard a single thing from him since then. Um, they just kind of seem to be saying, oh, the EPA says it's safe. Well, I don't think it's safe when people are having these skin reactions. I don't think it's safe that people go home for 30 minutes as of this morning, 30 minutes in and out having breathing problems, having um, burning feeling in their eyes and their lungs, um, looking like they got a bad case of sunburn driving through town like that. That's concerning that that feels well, like chemical, a chemical allergic reaction. I mean, I'm no chemist. I'm no doctor. But I mean, common sense tells you that's there's something wrong. And that's this morning. People are coming home and experiencing that. Yeah. Yeah. And also the key. Years, my, my son has liver cancer or brain cancer or blood cancer or, or something terrible, some kind of organ. Your, uh, your phone went down for like 20 seconds. So, oh, great. Yeah. Sorry, I'm in my hotel still. I don't know how this oh, that's okay. signal is. Um, but yeah, the kids are getting calls to their parents from the school's nurses saying that they're breaking out with rashes in the building. I mean, I talked to the school's um, principal and I talked to the superintendent. They're um, working with attorneys right now to try to figure out how to set up an online blended learning like they did with COVID because right now, by law, they don't have that opportunity yet. Um, it would have to literally go through, this, through the Senate um, to get something like that set up unless they declare it like emergency like how they did for covid so i'm hoping we have some progress I'm supposed to get a call back from either the superintendent or the principal of the elementary school tomorrow and um, can you uh can you talk about how old is your son and obviously it must be extremely uh concerning when you saw him shaking in the middle of the night and vomiting mm-hmm. yeah um i'm sorry it's just it's 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 so personal. It's very personal. It's it's very scary. Um, he yeah, he's nine years old. He's in the third grade. Um, we actually we were we were painting his Minecraft Valentine's Day box for school um, before I sent him to bed um, on the night that it happened. It's still laying in the middle of our living room, half painted. Today's his party. He doesn't you know doesn't get to be a part of that. He's he's having a hard time. He's an only child. He's really kind of being withdrawn. He's scared. Um, he's worried to go back. I've been trying to not really talk about it around him or, or be on my phone when, I, when I'm around him just so he has some sense of normalcy. Uh, but I'm, I'm definitely concerned for these kids. I mean, they went through COVID and now now they have this. The school was shut down for a week. Uh, some of his friends are getting sick. It's scary. Um, I'm really worried. Really am. And what were you, what were you seeing uh, right after you said that you entered his room and he was shaking? He was projectile vomiting across the floor out of nowhere. Um, he he was very confused. I mean, uh, like he did wake up out of middle of his sleep, um, but he he was shaking. He was begging for water. He said he couldn't breathe. Um, yeah, it was scary. We there's there's literally there's vomit on his floor right now because we ran out of there so fast that I didn't know if he was going to stop breathing. I didn't know what was going to happen. He had been hospitalized for asthma before. Went from zero to sixty. Um, so I, I didn't know what was going to happen at that time. We ran out of there as fast as we possibly could after that. And like I said, he, he did get sick once about an hour later at the hotel. Um, he broke up with some rashes on his skin, but they've since went away. But we have not been back. We have not been even close to the area. He's hmm. been okay lately other than emotionally and mentally. But I'm, I'm terrified to, to go back. I mean, not only for myself, but for definitely for him. And uh, is somebody compensating you and the, your family for having to be at the hotel and all that? 
So Norfolk Southern has an assistance center set up in water, New Waterford, Ohio, which is about seven miles away from the incident. They were reimbursing everybody who lived within a certain mile. It was supposed to be a mile, one by, by two mile radius, according to DeWine was what the original, well, originally it was one mile radius. And then right before the control burn, it went to one by two. But Norfolk Southern, I don't know how they're establishing that radius because when we're at in, entering in our addresses, it's not coming back quite the same. They're cutting people off for literally like 40 yards difference, even though this should have never been as small of, of an evacuation zone as it was. Um, so they were reimbursing people within that mile at first for any receipts that you incurred if you had to leave um, any kind of hotel stay, any food, any clothing like that. However, they are cutting you off after you get your home tested by the company that they contracted. Everyone's getting the same exact greetings, except for there's a few people. One woman, um, she lives by the tracks. I don't know her exact um, street or anything, but she lives by the tracks and they came out and tested her house. And towards the end of the driveway, there was a spike in the readings. They didn't record it on her documents whatsoever. They, she also had a very strong smell of chemical sweet. It smells, it's like a sweet cardboard bleachish kind of smell. It's very odd. It's, it's unnerving actually. Um, she said she smelled that through her house very strongly and they still wrote no odors on her documents. And when she got this spike at the end of her driveway, they told her it was just short-term exposure from the, the train. Um, but she was concerned because she said, well, how many times a day does this train go by? How many times of short-term exposure does this turn into long-term exposure? Because if you look up these chemicals, long-term exposure is severely different. It's, it's way, way more dangerous, way more deadly, um, even at low levels. And I mean, if, if you're going to be impacted short-term, you're going to be impacted right away. And right. if not, it's, it's just a death sentence, really. And they basically blew her off. Like I said, they didn't even write that in her documents. Uh, there was no evidence of, of them actually getting that reading. Um, so that's that's concerning for me. And there's other couple people that have um, filters that they've got in their house, air filters, air purifiers in their homes. They're getting spikes uh, for VOCs, volatile, organic. Wait, Compact. I'm not really sure. Yeah, is it organic? Yeah. I guess. Um, so they're getting spikes and readings on those things, but they're being told by the toxicologists that Norfolk contracted with that that's because of things like uh, candles, Scentsy, uh, yeah. Um, and also, my uh, another friend of ours had high readings. Um, she actually has some kind of connection to one of the oil field workers, and she actually got some kind of devices in every room of her house right now measuring these things, and, and, and she's getting some spikes, and the toxicologists are also telling her it's from the cleaners that she used. She hasn't cleaned anything with cleaners yet. So, I mean, the, the, those little things here and there are concerning. I mean, the whole thing's concerning because there's absolutely no difference in any of these readings anywhere anywhere they're getting. It's like zero percent, and they're also not testing anything else. Um, there's just this one company in North Lima who who are going through homes and assessing if there is any contamination, if there is any residue. Um, but they're not contracted with Norfolk. They're not Norfolk's not reimbursing for anything like that. If you use a different company, um, they're. Um, Oh, shoot, I just had something I forgot. It's well, it's up. also kind of just common sense crazy. Why are they telling people to go back if they're still testing? Like, you're right. still testing, so obviously you don't have full results. And frankly, a lot of these things could manifest not right away. Mm -hmm. So you're sending, a, you know, you're telling people they could go back while you haven't thoroughly tested the water, the soil, and the air testing. I have a hard time believing in the first place. 
Yeah. So the air quality testing, I was told by the toxicologist line this morning is actually over tomorrow. Tomorrow's the last day they're even doing it. Um, some of these people who have had their houses tested are waking up in the morning, like as of a couple days ago, waking up in the morning with more smell, new smells coming back, um, new symptoms showing up. Uh, a lot of people, even over in Enon Valley, um, in a couple other nearby cities, Negley, Ohio, things like that, they're smelling uh, a skunk. But I mean, this is like 40 plus miles of a skunk, a chemical smell. Um, and it seems to be that they're burning something at nighttime. People are waking up to the smell again in the morning, refreshed with more, you know, vigor. Um, so it, it, I smelled it too a couple of the nights when I was at the assistance center in New Waterford. So it makes me feel like maybe they're still burning something off at night. I mean, the control burn, they, they started it towards the end of the day. So whenever that black cloud started rolling in, most people couldn't see it. Right. It was too dark. Last question. Uh, you know, you're just a citizen trying to protect your family, but do you trust kind of what you're being told? Do you trust that uh, they're actually going to try and test for the full scope uh, of chemicals or just kind of like many other, uh, you know, environmental calamities, you know, tell you it's not as bad as you think and sweep it under the rug? I definitely think they're trying to sweep it under the rug. Um especially with regards to the Ohio River. I, I think they want to keep it as small and uh, quiet as they can right now. Um, I don't, so the EPA were the ones who lifted the evacuation order just a few days after this actually happened. Um, the train, so Norfolk Southern was losing potentially billions of dollars, maybe even by the hour. We don't really know the significance of the money that they were losing with those train tracks being closed down. By law, they're not allowed to travel through an emergency evacuation zone. So it, within an hour after the evacuation order was lifted, trains were rolling through. Uh, there was a lot of talk before that happened that people were going to be upset if they saw trains going through before we were allowed back home. Well, I mean, less than an hour later, the trains were running back through and then everything's just perfectly safe to go back to. Um, even though we have this letter directly from the EPA to Norfolk saying, you know, it's still in the air, it's still in the soil, and it's continuing to be released, not to mention the fish kills in, in the Ohio River and everything else. I mean, I definitely don't feel like they're being honest with us, especially when we can do our own research with the CDC and see that some of these things that they're saying, like about the plastics, about the linen, um, it's not true. And actually, there was a representative in Norfolk Southern. One of the days was actually telling people, throw away your plastics, throw away your linen, like your Tupperware and stuff. And then we had called back the next day and they said, that's not true. However, um, one of the reps we were talking to yesterday actually told that that he was told he's not allowed to tell us stuff like that because he's going to get in trouble. He, he used the word filleted by his boss um, if he told us anything, which was a red flag to me. Because if you're being honest, you need to be transparent. If you're being told to be quiet and not talk to people, that's to me concerning. Um, I, I don't I, I feel like the EPA has some some kind of I don't know what the connection is here. Um, but I do know they were responsible for lifting the evacuation order and telling people that it's safe. Um, and, and Norfolk was losing a lot of money. I mean, they spent billions lobbying against safety features to prevent exactly this. So I, I believe that they would have every intention to, to do this. Fortunately, the EPA has a long track record of protecting industry, uh, mm -hmm. and that being a major priority. Uh, one more, uh, I assume the local media is covering this, but I haven't seen that much from national media. I mean, I have CNN. MSNBC, uh, there's a couple articles here and there and in, in uh, digital, you know, online websites. But you would think kind of a chemical rain shower would be kind of leading the news. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you think the national media uh, is doing its job here? 
Um, I don't. I, I think there we are gaining a little bit of momentum. I know uh, last night uh, Tucker Carlson was he, he did do a uh, bit about it last night on Fox News. Sean Hannity apparently did too. Glenn Beck was talking about it this morning. I think they're blaming Biden a lot of this on, on Biden. Um, I really am concerned about the EPA not being honest with people too. I plan on going to the town meeting with maybe some MSDS sheets so people can see it ahead of time. Um, and then also, if you look in some of the CDC's uh, websites, they don't have a lot of data on things like vinyl chloride um, reactions in children because most of their data is from workers and PVC pipe uh, places. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know what we're dealing with here, even on a, a, a federal scale. We really don't. We don't have any guidebooks to follow. For, so for, for them to like barely test and say everything's fine, people are having reactions, but it's still fine. Evacuation order was lifted. Several days later, there's three more chemicals that they're releasing. Oh, by the way. Mm, I don't know. It just doesn't add up. I don't feel like it's safe. Um, I'm scared to go home. I, I really feel like there's way more to this. And I think a lot more people are going to be affected via the Ohio River. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry for what you're going through. Uh, thank you, thank you uh, for telling us because a lot of people don't know because they're not getting uh, much information from the media other than the media kind of regurgitating what the EPA and the companies say. So mm-hmm. uh, I have- I have friends in Columbiana County, which is the same county that where um, this happened, and they have no idea it's even going on other than me. And right. it's really shocking. There's videos, people posting of testing their own garden water and things like that. It's being deleted within hours off of TikTok, off of Reddit, off of Facebook, very, very quickly, um, trying to screenshot as much as possible. We just we just really don't know wh- where this is going to go next. And by the way, you're talking about the evacuation zone and them trying to, you know, kind of narrow it. Mm-hmm. There's there's videos and pictures of people having soot on their cars 50 miles away. Yeah. Uh, I mean, God knows how far and wide, both in Ohio and Pennsylvania, uh, this exactly. is going to affect. So it's exactly. really um, could become a real long lasting for decades ecological yeah. disaster. Yeah, I, I actually kind of was getting into an argument down in Norfolk because they're trying to, I mean, they really are saying, this stuff's going to stop at your neighbor's house just because you have a street sign there. Like the hazardous chemicals don't know boundaries. They don't know state lines. They don't know city lines. This shit is huge. And the amount that that was spilled, they, they can't even give us an actual amount that was spilled into the soil and the water before they could contain it. When this wreck first happened, they can't even give us an amount, but they do know that it was in fact going into our soils and our dirt. So we're just totally in the dark here. And, uh, Obviously, you know, people are going to play politics. There's plenty of blame to go around. But, you know, uh, I haven't heard anything from President Biden. Uh, Pete Buttigieg is the transportation secretary. He tweeted something out last night. That's Mm -hmm. the first I've heard anything from him. Obviously, we already spoke about your governor. Um, Bill Johnson was in town, I believe, yesterday. Um, He's claiming that nobody is reaching out to him, which is I mean, I've I've sent emails and I think a few other people at least. And who's Bill? Who's Bill Johnson? He's our uh, state representative. Okay. Um, he basically went into town yesterday and threw a hard hat on, took a picture for a photo op, and left. So, yeah. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It was sickening. Well, you have my contact. We're get- definitely going to stay on it. So, please uh, keep us on the loop. Uh, Zhuza, and I hope uh, your son and family are- do well. Thank you.